guess, I mean, to a typical, I mean, I guess pop culture has a certain play on it because you think about all the exorcism, uh, all the, you know, movies about exorcisms and stuff yeah. like that, and you think, like, well, is that it? But I think to a certain extent, I mean, I think it could be, I mean, signs of it could be, I mean, something like worship to dip to a false idol, signs yeah. of depression, yeah. things like that. I just want, I mean, I don't know. It seems like, I mean, the, I mean how do you evangelize someone in that? That's the, that's the question that I would struggle with. Because because like, you hear that and like you hear about y'all walking the temple. And from the way that you put it, it just seems like even if you like, it just seems like almost it wouldn't do any good to try to evangelize like what what do you, when you're walking in there what's your thoughts on that i, I mean i completely understand that like yeah because I, i'm actually fairly in, in, in the more bold and um audacious listeners might hate what i'm about to say but like i am not walking into that temple like a street preacher like i'm not walking in there handing out gospel tracks but do you think like that you're wrong for that or do you think it'd be stupid for you to think that you that that's I going think, to do any good i well could it do good maybe but i think it also could really bring about and this is where somebody's gonna be like jeremy is a hyper charismatic weirdo i promise you i'm not but like i think that's going to be where you're really walking outside of the humility that the holy spirit brings about that like i am ultimately not the one who's going to convert anybody in that room mm-hmm. Oh, uh, so gentlemen, base camp episode number two, uh, Hinduism, which is uh, a fun one specifically for, I guess for me and Josh. Uh, and as we're going to explain here in a minute, um, for those of you who don't know, Ben, Ben works at a, a nine to five or nine to five thirty. actually. What are the hours now? Eight to five thirty. Eight to five thirty, and you're there from eight to five thirty. Most days, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so sometimes we go out on these little expeditions for ATAP, and unfortunately, Ben's not able to come with us because mm-hmm. his schedule's not quite as as liberal as, as mine <laughs> and Josh's. <laughs> I.e., Josh and I can pretty much do whatever we want, whenever we want, and Ben runs a successful carpet and flooring business. He calls Carpet Kingdom. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. But I say it's special for, for, for Josh and myself. It's special for Ben, too, because, you know, we're talking about Hinduism. And um, before we get started, I just want to ask a little diagnostic question here, gentlemen. Um, we talk about Hinduism. And, you know, we live in a, a small town where I think a lot of people would, would be uh, forgiven for thinking that there's not a lot of Hindus here, which you guys know I, I would be quick to say that there are. But what do you think most American Christians know or think they know about Hinduism. Probably that comes from India. Oh. I mean, that's, I mean, that's yeah. they probably associate those two very... You think that they nail that? I, I c- bet so. I bet okay. a lot would. Yeah. yeah. When you were in high school, if, if somebody had said, Gosh. where do Hindus what, come from, would you have been able they? to say India? Which they don't just come from India, but right, you are, right. you are yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. comes from the Indian subcontinent. Uh, maybe. Maybe high, I don't know. High school strong, Ben probably was the brightest. Movie. High school Ben was not thinking about human geography. <laughs> you'd, you'd, have, you'd have had like a world religion class or something like that. Yeah, like, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I could have thrown you? it out. I, maybe I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet somewhere. You, you slowly getting less confident. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're doing. Jerry. You're like you're looking at him like, are you sure? <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, so uh, they own the gas stations. Yeah. 
around us. Like that is yeah. something that most people would, in fact, probably know. Probably because they look Indian. Yeah. So like, uh, it might seem condescending, but that's legitimate. No, right? it, it it's is. like a yeah. lot of the convenience stores and gas stations are are owned and operated by it, not just Indians yeah, or Hindus, but well, they're pretty industrious. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, so I mean, you know, I mean, and a lot of times they're Pakistani and Muslim and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, exactly right. And a lot of that comes from. I, I mean, I hate to say it, it makes it sound like it's comical, but it comes from The Simpsons. I think a lot of oh, people, okay, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of people's um, collective consciousness of the Indian convenience store clerk really started with Apu mm-hmm. in Apu. in The Symptoms. You know, uh, in The Simpsons, Symptoms. Um, That's and uh, and so yeah, so yeah, I would agree. I I, I think uh, you know before I started studying religions if somebody asked me about hinduism i think i probably would have said reincarnation mm-hmm. right that'd been cool yeah um but i but not like a deep understanding of it mm-hmm. or anything like that you just kind of go like yeah i mean they they believe in reincarnation but you'd probably say something about multiple gods probably like polytheistic probably you know? i i've seen a lot of people more people than i i mean I'm, I'm often surprised by the number of people that um and i'm not saying this like condemningly but like who sort of mix up Islam and Hinduism, like some of the just basics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I think that most Americans are, <clears throat> especially pre 9-11. I remember when when 9-11 happened and like we all kind of figured out like, oh, this is what Islam is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what we thought because that's what we, you know, as middle class white kids from America, like we, did, we didn't know a Muslim. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so yeah, but I, I found a lot of people mix up Islam and Hinduism and some of the basics and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's a pretty accurate assessment is like the idea of like, um, uh, convenience store, gas station clerks, um, India or something mm-hmm. like India, you know, somewhere over there, mm-hmm. you know, and then like, yeah, polytheism re- reincarnation. Um, it's, it's special for us, uh, to, to our listeners because, um, and I won't do the full story cause I haven't, I've told it in quite a few places, but, um, you know, I used to work in, in the school system and the public school system and became friends with a student there who was, was Indian, was Hindu and really, um, like really just start seeking out to like get to know him and get to know his, his culture and his faith. And really through that, like become very fascinated by Hinduism and studying other religions and, and, uh, in Indian culture, Indian food. I love, love Indian food. And, uh, and so that was really kind of the whole start even to like this, like what we're sitting and doing here today is like, I can remember the, the conversations with this, this guy about just being like, I knew nothing about world religions. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is only like nine years ago, you know? Um, and so, but so it's special for me for that. But then also like I've traveled to India. Oop, I broke my own rule there. I've traveled to South Asia. I'll mm-hmm. splice that. Mm-hmm. I've traveled to South Asia quite a few times um josh has actually been able to go with me once Mm -hmm. to south asia ben has not gone yet i have not but be on the lookout for an (laughs) atap trip to south asia in the future and old ben it's It's coming yeah yeah it's coming it's coming but but as long as we don't go to like any really remote areas. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can yeah, or we'll leave Ben in <laughs> we'll, we'll leave, be dead. We'll leave like. we'll leave Ben in one of the big cities or something. Yeah. Um But yeah, so um so yeah, so so I've been quite a few times. Josh has been. Uh Josh, for for the listener who's never been to South Asia. Mm-hmm. Walk me through what that experience is like <laughs> from because uh, I, I feel like, you know, like my first few times I've literally went for like three or four weeks at a time. Sure. 
you know, and, 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 and I don't know, like I, I've not that I'm used to it and it's been two years now since I've been able to go because right. of the pandemic, but, but for you getting off that plane and driving down the road and just going, okay, we're, we're in it now. What's that like? Man, it's such a weird thing. Like you hear people talk about culture shock and like it is culture shock of the eyes, of the ears, of the, of, of the nose, like just smelling, like everything smells different. It's like whenever you watch, uh, uh, like the Wizard of Oz, and you look at, and like they land in Oz, and it's like everything looks different. India might as well be India, South Asia, most of those places might as well be, uh, like like you landed in Oz. Like it's just totally mm. different. Yeah. Um. The like, from the moment we got off the plane and got on the bus, even the traffic was different. Like, it yeah. is so totally different. You get different. mad carsick, too. I do, yeah. Yeah, that is one of my, yeah, as Jeremy affectionately refers to me as carsick Kathy, I, uh, <laughs> I I have been known to uh, to always either drive or uh, take shotgun. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah. about to have to be driving us. Which, we got off the plane on a Sunday morning, I remember. Yeah, they're like, the traffic's not that yeah, bad. You, and I'm you like, were, what? I mean, you were handling it somewhat well, but the car sickness was hitting, and, and I, was, I was telling him, I was like, I need to warn you, this is Sunday morning, like, this is not anywhere near as bad as it's going to be the rest of the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it was it was just so different. We were also we were also there during the Ganesh Festival, mm-hmm. um, so that one was the, also... One of the larger festivals. Right, it was, it was just like, if... If it was like if it was Christmas in the U.S., but everybody was having a competition on who could have the biggest Christmas tree that happened to be shaped like an elephant. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. Yeah. It was cool. absolutely it's called Dinesh like, Chaturti. Yes, and uh, but it was just it was very bizarre, but just completely yeah. different than anything you'd have like a context for. Ben, you've watched us travel to South Asia a, mm-hmm. a number of times. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've I think as long as we've been friends, I've been trying to convince you to go. Um, been a little, yeah, it's been a little bit. Been but a little uh, bit. it's been a little bit. Um, from the experience of watching so many people in our church, we send people all over the world mm-hmm. for different trips and all sorts of different stuff, you know. Um, but like watching some of us go to South Asia and, and come back, uh, can you recall in your mind, be, like hearing the stories or like, you know, like watching us come back? Like what usually is kind of going through your mind when you're watching us experience these things? Um, because I know it's jealousy for one. I know you yeah, want to get on that it. plane. <laughs> but second to jealousy, uh, is there anything that you can remember just being like, it seems like it's pretty crazy over there? Uh, yeah, well, one, the uh, one of your interactions uh, on the bridge, oh, that yeah. particular one. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that one. And then the uh, story this uh, of some of your teammates getting daily belly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, yeah. yeah Deli Belly. Um, I'm glad to hear that all the good stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was great. So yeah, yeah. Now we know why Ben doesn't want to go. Yep. I don't want to dive dysentery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Deli Belly for the uninformed, otherwise known in uh, Central America as Montezuma's Revenge, is uh, dis- yeah, is like E. coli. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you get crazy yeah. sick from eating the food. Um, not any food, unclean food. But, um, but yeah, and then uh, we might mention it later on, but we've had some crazy experiences traveling in South Asia where we found ourselves in some predicaments that were a little bit dangerous, yeah, but not, not representative of the whole, but just yeah, like, by some, no means. Yeah. We made it home. We made it home. We made it home. We're good. But so uh, to, to talk about South Asia to, and, and I, and I do remember those things fondly and I, I do look forward to the day that we can go back and, 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 and Lord willing, even do some ATAP stuff there and bring Ben with us and, and all that. But, um, so, to 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 talk about South Asia, you are essentially talking about Hinduism, like, and 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 that might seem too generalized because 
when we talk about South Asia, we're talking about like 1.3 billion people and actually almost more like close to two because South Asia also includes like Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bhutan, Maldives, um, Nepal. Um, and so like, so there's even more than just India. Um, but yeah, but like when, but the reason Ben, like why, when we think Hinduism, we think India is because, uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, um, Hinduism as we might know it, uh, came to be. And, um, what we know of as Hinduism is really a vast collection of religions. Uh, and, and, and religion isn't even the best word. So like one thing when you begin to kind of study religion is you figure out that in the West, we view religion very differently than they would in places like India and, and other parts of the world where like you're born into your beliefs. Like, and there is no, like there is no separating your civic identity, your familial identity and what you believe. I mean, like it is a holistic thing. And mm-hmm. so like the reason I say religion might be a bad word is cause like in the West, like we're very much like fans of not, forcing our kids to believe mm-hmm. something, right? We want our kids to come to this actualized view of truth. And like, you know, you might meet somebody and go, Hey, what religion are you? And, 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 you know, there's like seven or eight different things that they might say, you mm-hmm. know, th- and they're all pretty common. And, and so, so religion's sort of not the best word, but I mean, even, even that though, like Hinduism is really a vast collection of religions of South Asia, specifically the Indian subcontinent. And, and the reason I say it's a vast collection is Hinduism and the word Hindu is actually sort of like a word that the West heaped on to South Asia. So there's this river in Northwest India was actually really not Pakistan because Pakistan used to be part of India um, that like thousands of years ago when people from other parts of the world started migrating into the subcontinent, they crossed the Indus River and they just started calling everybody on the other side of that river Indus in which, you know, the sound Hindu became. Mm -hmm. And so like, they just started calling everybody Hindu. And it was really a combination of, um, like a lot of different types of religions and some of them like really, really different. Like Josh and I have been to various parts of South Asia and like, you will meet a Hindu in one part of South Asia. And then you'll meet another one in a different part. And you're like, how is this even the same religion? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's, it's not like Presbyterian and Baptist. Like it is like a, that's a great, that's a different great point. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot of times we think like, Oh, so like, like they're like offshoots one of the, no, like they are very different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like more start, like more different than like a Southern Baptist and like a Catholic. Well, I don't know about that because mm-hmm. now you could be talking I, I mean, about two so, totally separate religions, but so in, in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so <clears throat> And we'll talk about it, but like, I mean, you know, if you walk into a particular temple in certain parts of South Asia, like Mm -hmm. there's going to be divinities or, you know, deities that, that are completely unfamiliar to other parts of, of the subcontinent. Yeah. And in different forms of worship and different types of, uh, prayers or offerings called pujas. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and so, but the, the difference being like, typically Hindus. And I want to say this typically is a very important word when we're talking about this, because 
I have in my notes to mention, like if you have 1 billion Hindus, that means there's about 1 billion Hinduisms. Like, I mean, Hinduism, what we, what we classify as Hinduism is very open-ended, very open-minded, very, what we would consider to be relativistic. Is that mm-hmm. like a person des- decides kind of like their own truth to a certain degree, what they observe to be true is true. And so, um, Say so from one temple to another, from one village to another, you'll have different deities, you'll have different ways that they worship those deities. And so from the outsider's perspective, it is much different than Presbyterianism or Bath or Baptists with Catholics because you walk into a Catholic church like you're gonna they're talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the cross, they're talking mm-hmm. about the resurrection, they're talking about the Eucharist, they're talking about the same things. Now, those things might mean ridiculously different things, mm-hmm. specifically in that case, like the Eucharist. Right. Mm-hmm. But like What's interesting is like we get really tore up over that. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and and rightfully so, in my opinion, Hindus typically are not going to be bothered by mm-hmm. differences in belief between other Hindus. Like, it's just very much, easy much for more them fluid. to shrug it off. Very fluid. Do they use the term Hindu in India? Or? No. So, um, you, yes, in the sense because like they know that that's just kind of like the word that is mm-hmm. accepted. Um, and the more common phrase, the more common label amongst the really devoted mm-hmm. is Sanatana Dharma, Sanatana Dharma, which means the eternal way. Okay. Um, so yeah, some people, some of them reject that title because mm-hmm. it's, it's a misnomer that's been heaped upon them by the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it's also for them, it's somewhat insulting to just all, they say, you know, you throw all 1.3 billion of us together and just pretend like we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true. I mean, yeah. like I remember really beginning to learn about Hinduism and just going, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize that this was all there. You know, you know what I mean? And so, um, so yeah, I had a friend my first time traveling in South Asia tell me, Every 30 kilometers you drive, the food changes, the language changes, the culture changes, and the religion changes. And that's, I've seen that hold largely true. Mm-hmm. Is that in, now it might not change dramatically, mm-hmm. but it changes a little bit. And it depends on the family, it depends on the tribe, depends on the village, depends on the city, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, so it's a, it's a very vast, man, it's, and it's, it's, it's exciting for, you know, people for, and I think it should be exciting for Christians, like to just constantly have the opportunity to talk to somebody and listen and go, wow, I, the guy down the road is completely different, Mm -hmm. you know? And and so it's exciting. It's fun for me at least. Um, and, uh, it feels like probably like Paul was running across in his missionary mm -hmm. journeys. Like, I do think so. Yeah. They're not all the same and they're very, very much different. So I have to learn about each one of them to reach them with the gospel. I think Hinduism and what, you know, what, like I keep saying, I'm going to, I'm probably just going to go ahead and start calling it Hinduism, but I think I've always said it this way is like, it is the most classic of religions and it is of the major world religions. It's the oldest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's, 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 um, other than like folk religions, right? Cause mm-hmm. there is no such thing as just one overarching folk religion. Right. But like what we call Hinduism is like the oldest major world religions. And I've always said if you locked humanity in a room for a couple thousand years and said, come up with a religion, I think they'd come up with Hinduism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it just, it, it, it is it, it, to humanity. It sort of makes sense. And, w- and the reason I say that is like, so just a few things like we, like we all said, it's, it's polytheistic. Now I'm going to throw a couple wrenches in that, in those gears there. Um, in a sense, it is polytheistic. Um, and I don't want to confuse listeners, but um, some of them are not polytheists. Like some of them actually believe in one God. Mm-hmm. Some of them pick a divinity, a deity that 
is the supreme god and all of the other ones are um like at what are called avatars like manifestations representations of that god the most classic example of that is many if not most hindus in some sense or fashion would say that there is an impersonal god an impersonal force Mm -hmm. that is the creator of all things and is the sustainer of all things and that that impersonal force is called brahman brahman and um but unknowable completely transcendent unknowable and so these other deities are avatars or manifestations of the brahman and they are knowable. And so in that sense, you have one supreme unknowable deity and other like, you know, manifestations of avatars. So like in the study of religion, sometimes that might be called henotheism. Mm-hmm. So like, so sometimes I think like Hindus probably get offended when we just say, oh, you're polytheists. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that like the Greeks, the ancient Greeks were polytheists. And it's right, like, it's right. very different. And it's actually much more complex than we like to, to make it out to yeah. be. Um, you know, a couple of notes, like what you'll, t- a lot of times you'll hear when you're reading about Hinduism, especially online, where it just seems like everybody wants to make everything more simple than it is. You'll hear about like the Hindu Trinity, mm-hmm. um, which Josh and I, we were just at a Hindu temple a few weeks ago and we, we met with a friend of mine there named Takor and, and he sort of talked about, he didn't call it the Hindu Trinity, but he talked about these, these three particular deities that seem to be supreme and that's, um, Brahma it had, that vibe to it. it had the vibe of a Trinity. They, they would buck against the idea that it is a Trinity. Um, but we would too yeah exactly right yeah um but but so so brahma so completely different um is the creator deity vishna the main the vishnu the maintainer um and then shiva the destroyer Mm -hmm. and so they would say those these many of them would say these three deities are like the supreme knowable deities Mm -hmm. and that all the other avatars come out of them and then i'm going to reiterate too um and then you drive like 10 hours away and they completely disagree. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they might be um, devotees of just Shiva or just Krishna, you know, or, or just Ganesh, who's the elephant god, you know. And so um, so right off the bat. What was Tagore? Tagore Krishna. Krishna. Yeah, he's a Krishna devotee. Um, so not a Hari Krishna. Like, so some people, like, when they hear Krishna, they think of the guys with bald heads and ponytails uh, at the airport. Um, those guys are Krishna devotees, but they're, they're part of what's called the international society of Krishna consciousness, which is like sort of a deviation of Hinduism. But, um, but yeah, our friend Takur, he, he, he would say Krishna is like the Supreme God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all the others are avatars of, of him, you know? Um, but you know, so, so continuing on kind of like with what people, th- what people know about it is they would, they would think about idols and statues um, I'm sure Josh, you can remember when we started driving down the road in South Asia and feeling like we were surrounded by statues of false gods, specifically at that time, like you said, Ganesh. Because we were. Yes. Because we were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, specifically. Like, so like um, Ganesh Chaturthi, this festival that we were there during, like literally every block had a Ganesh statue. And some of them were huge. They were massive. Like what was 40 the, feet. Yeah, what was the cutoff? It was like 42 feet so or like something like that? So like in the place, the part of South Asia we were at, it was like 40 feet. And then in some of the in the, some of the bigger cities, it was like whatever, however tall enough to where you could get under the bridges. Yes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, because of the immersion that has to go on. Yeah, at the end of Ganesh Chaturthi, they throw the 
Ganesh statues in mm-hmm. the water, and they returned them to the Ganges, which the Ganges is like the most <coughs> holy place in Hinduism. Um, and then the government comes and gets them out. So and then the, the government comes out. Poison the water. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. They use lead paint. So, <laughs> yeah. God, it doesn't it, always make sense. It's horribly yeah. sad. But. Yeah, it really is sad. I mean, we were in the middle of this lake watching them, yeah. you know, throw them in. And, uh, Jeremy, you were basically on top of the idol trying to film it. <laughs> well, thanks for ratting me out. Yeah. So... <laughs> Since you said it, I had my I had my camera. Hey, I wasn't and, saying uh, it was a bad thing. No, I had I my camera, and like these guys literally were operating this crane, and they were taking all the larger statues. And man, they loved that I was recording and taking pictures. And oh, I yeah. swear to you, they wanted me to get on that crane with them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like the pastor, like leading this trip, and I'm like, would it be a bad look if I was on the crane? I decided air it would quotes, not be the Jeremy best. didn't get on. I the didn't crane. get on. I, I, no air quotes. No, I didn't get yeah, on. But I thought about it. No. I thought about it. If you had gotten on, I would have pretended to be mad, but been like, take really good pictures. <laughs> this was pre ATAP too. You, you know, with told ATAP, me that. you know, with ATAP, we'd be riding on the crane. But, yeah. um, but yeah. So, so they have they have idols, which is like sort of the physical manifestations of these uh, these these uh, deities and. And kind of the the main beliefs of most most Hindus is is karma, which is the cosmic cycle in which a person's actions come back to them in this life or in lives to come. Obviously, that last part implies what's called um, rebirth or reincarnation. The formal word is samsara, which comes from Sanskrit. Um, so that's that cycle of rebirth and reincarnation. They don't only live once. Um, and then Dharma, which is the way the worship. So like the way in which a person's faith plays out in their life. So some of them are very much focused on, um, mental acuity and just like, you know, learning and knowledge. Some of them are very focused on yoga, the physical, you know, discipline Mm -hmm. of yoga. Um, you know, uh, uh, probably the most common Dharma is what's called, um, karmic yoga which is the essentially just the idea of like i'm going to live a good life mm-hmm. so if you talk to most hindus like they're just trying to live a good life and they're and and what is good is essentially relative to them mm-hmm. you know um, but they're trying to live a good life and and that's kind of how they're going about it but then the end there is moksha which is the liberation from samsara which um comes after many 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 lifetimes most often and in my opinion, I've never really met a lot of Hindus that think that that's necessarily accessible to them. Um, and then, and then lastly, before we talk kind of our own experiences, you can't talk about the subcontinent of India and Pakistan, but specifically India without talking about the caste system in one of the oldest Hindu texts called the Rig Veda. Um, basically all of, uh, Hinduism is divided up into four castes, um, the high priestly caste, the warrior caste, like the merchant business caste, and then like the laborers caste. And um, so for thousands of years in in India, um, civilization has been very firmly divided into this hierarchy. Now, if you asked our Indian friends who are, who are Hindus, we were just with one who explained the caste system to us and, and not a negative sense at all. As he said, this is just the way society is divided. He said, you know, if you look at most societies there are laborers there's warriors there's business people and then there's priests you know um but india is essentially dominated by this caste system even to this day and then what most indians won't talk about is that there's another essentially caste of untouchables people who are sort of born outside of did the caste you ask system. him about the untouchables i did not ask okay. Kakor. you you'll find that some of them really not that they're offended at it but it's just sometimes if you're trying to have a peaceable conversation mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to make it about what's probably going to 
I don't know, upset them. Okay. Not. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. there is like mm-hmm. this, this outside cast of untouchables mm-hmm. and, um, they're called the Dalits. And so, uh, and so how's that play out in India? To, like what the untouchables. Mm-hmm. So it used to be really, really bad. It's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better in the last like 50 years. Um, Dalits untouchables used to literally be untouchable. Like you, if you were, if you touched them, you were unclean. And there are stories that of many of my friends in, in India who, um, like the Dalits would, there were like street cleaners. They, they did the worst of the worst jobs. I mean, so these are people who worked in the sewers. These are people who worked on the streets. These are people who couldn't find work. And, um, I've heard stories of, of, of Dalits who, when they were working on the streets, they had to tie palm fronds, palm leaves to the backs of their, their, their belts. So that when they walked, the palm frond would, um, make sure that they didn't leave any footprints because like even their footprints were seen as like, we don't want to see them. We don't want to touch them. Mm. And so it's a really, uh, really, really depressing thing. That's and so, so, yeah. And, um, and so really, and it makes sense why, um, Christianity has made the most progress with, with, with the untouchables, with the Dalits in India, really. And in a lot of ways, um, Christianity is seen sometimes as the religion of the Dalits. Um, and, and, you know, maybe we could talk here at the end in a little bit about why do we think Christianity would be most appealing uh, to the untouchables. But um, but yeah, so I've been I've been a handful of times to India, South Asia um, and, uh, and and Josh has been. And, and we just recently went to um, a Hindu temple to visit a friend of mine, uh, Thakur, now a friend of Josh's. Um, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he's a super, super nice guy. He's an older guy. Um, so sweet to me every time we talk. And he, he retired after a full career being a chemist. Um, very smart guy. Very That's smart guy. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. And I, we were pulling up. and I, not, not that Josh would do this, but just sometimes, you know, we, we like to evangelize in a way that we think maybe, not that we think people are stupid, but we think little cute methods and little cute arguments might work. And I, I leaned over to Josh. I was like, just FYI, Takor is pretty brilliant. He's not going to be won over by like something we saw on YouTube or something, you know? And, um, and he's not, I mean, he's an incredibly smart guy. And, um, it was so funny. Like whenever we were talking to him, I'd say something and not, not necessarily in an evangelistic way. Mm-hmm. We're just telling him something about like a Christian worldview and how it kind of, if you think about it, kind of yeah. makes sense with what you're saying in Hindu worldview. And he'd give me like this little smirk, like this little yeah. side eye look. He'd be like, be like, oh, I see what you're doing here. And it was just, yeah. it, was, it was pretty. He's like, I can see you're playing chess. We invented chess in India. Yes. In yeah. fact. <laughs> yes. And I am not at his ego. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like when I was in grad school, I had to do a project, um, where like I interviewed somebody from a different faith and I picked Hinduism and I had reached out to the, the to that particular temple. He's the guy who like does all the tours and does like all the public information. And so we met up and we sat and drank tea for like two hours and he, he walked me through the whole thing. And, and so we kept in touch. And then, you know, when we were working on this project for, for base camp, I was like, well, we probably need to hit up Takwa again. And so Josh and Josh and I went and, uh, you know, Josh and I have been to Hindu temple in South Asia. And so it wasn't, um, completely brand new, but Josh, you're, we're, we're pulling up to the, the Hindu temple here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, obviously, you know, getting to meet taco we sit down and have tea with him. Um, and then he walks us around the temple complex. What, what's kind of going through your mind as, as we're walking into this situation? I will say before we like actually started walking around the temple grounds and met with Takor. It was so weird because the last time I went to an Indian temple, I drove through an Indian neighborhood. You know what I mean? I drove through like an Indian city, right? And it was, in fact, very 
you know, very, you know, Indian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then we're in the middle of Charlotte, and we turn, and it's like suburb, 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 church. You know, it's just like all these things. McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah. And uh, that's sort of beef. And uh, <laughs> remind me to tell Ben, remind me to tell you've heard the story, yeah. But I need the listeners to hear Josh's oh, yeah, yeah, Burger King you. story. I might, I might use profanity, <laughs> but no, it is one of those, uh, like it was just so crazy because I was just like, huh, oh, yeah, there's a temple, you know, and it's just like very, yeah. very much like it's a, huge just, one, it's just, a huge one, too. yeah, very impressive. And it was just one of those things, like you see it and you're like, man. It's like they dropped it out of the sky from India, and that was just kind of a weird thing. You well, know? they had actually like all of the material. He told it us, came like, from all, India. All, all of the those, materials yeah. to build the temple were from really India. Yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, oh. it was pretty just pretty crazy. Yeah, but uh, but no, that was like my first thing. Mm-hmm. It was like wow, that's really wild. And then uh, as soon as we walked there, I remembered like the smells because they were cooking um, in the in in they they do um, food for some of the Indian residents that are all around the yeah. temple itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was just kind of kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were doing construction on the on the the newest bigger portion of the temple. So yeah. we got we went into the existing portion and uh, um, but yeah, I mean I, I don't know. It was it was very um nostalgic's not the right word, but the best one I have access to right now I, as far as like remembering my previous interaction yeah um speaking from like a spiritual aspect there was still of course like a an air of like a spiritual darkness a sadness for what was going yeah. on with it being offered to the to the idols the pujas and yeah and that type of thing Big good question. question okay so where do they get funding for the church is it raised up through the community collectively yep. so community. just like it's like his own autonomous yep they church. actually had a really? plaque in like the serving area where they had everybody who had given up to like a certain amount yeah like it'd be really? like yeah, this much given. It was this plaque, and then there was like a second. And that particular level. temple is the largest in Charlotte, and it's interesting because they, like, they don't discriminate at all among mm-hmm. like who gets worshipped. Oh there. yeah, and most Hindus wouldn't, but like if you go to if you go to South Asia, like most temples are devoted to one or a few deities, right. and um, like this one is literally like. All of the Hindus in Charlotte could go there and and worship whatever deity. Like smart, I've been, there, I've been from a yeah, survival yeah. standpoint. Well, it, from a survival standpoint, and they're doing it to re, to to service their community, you know. Yeah. And so, what I thought was most interesting, you know, because like I've been there twice now, and like uh, he, he even like at one point we were in the temple, and he was like, "I think this one's been added since you were here," you mm-hmm. know. And, and 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 but interestingly enough, so talking about an idol, talking about an idol, yeah. And so. Um, so Jainism mm-hmm. is like a different religion. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out of Hinduism, similar to Buddhism, mm-hmm. but Jainism is like the opposite of Buddhism. Like it's very extreme. Isn't Jainism like the fifth largest religion in the world now? It's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like it's not very well known in the West at all. Mm-hmm. And it started out of Hinduism, started with a, a guy named Mahavira, and it's um, very ascetic, like very mm-hmm. harsh. Like Jain monks, um, essentially like the highest form of of Dharma and Jainism is like starving yourself to yep. death. And mm-hmm. so, um, but they had an idol to Mahavira in the temple, even though it's not a Jain temple, hmm. but because okay. they're South Asian, because they're Indian, like they're just looking to serve that community. Yeah. And so they all con- like, he was even telling us, he was like, yeah, if we're going to finish this temple, we need to continue to, to raise money. And so, so yeah, that's how they, that's how they do it. It's, I mean, and, and it shows you though, like 
how badly that community wants that temple because as Josh said, it's 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 not small and it's very expensive oh, and it's very big. Like, I can it's imagine very they're importing impressive. all their material from India. Yeah, and oh it ain't it ain't God. plastic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's we're talking marble and and all sorts of different types of stone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, ain't going to Coles carpet. Ain't going to Coles. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but so, uh, so yeah, so we have this great conversation with Takor about Krishna and we're telling him about Jesus and, and we, we were able to actually really, we're not always able to do this, but because of the relationship we, we have with him and just um, his openness, like at, at our church, we like to dictate kind of like how we go about our, our sharing of the gospel by asking ourselves, is this person a red light, a yellow light, or a green light? Red light meaning, obviously, they're pretty much putting their hand up and saying, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yellow light, sort of interested, but we're not really sure. Green light is they're open to the message and the messenger, the messenger being, in this case, Josh and I. And so, uh, Takor and I, because we've known each other for a few years, and he's just a, he's a searcher. He's a seeker. Like, he he's open to everything because many Hindus are. But he also, we have a good relationship. So we're able to really demonstrate and tell the gospel in a way that, you know, we're not always able to. When we were at the Church of Scientology, like we weren't able to do that um, because it just, we didn't have the relationship and and it wasn't the right time. So instead we sort of like subversively inject the gospel sometimes into these situations. But so after that, and you know, um, he's of course really warm and welcome to us. Um, but, uh, yeah, tremendous hospitality, yeah, tremendous yeah. Ho- hospitality, which Gift is giving and pretty common yeah. among Indians. And, yes. um, and so we drank chai, which is great. And, um, although you're not a fan, right. You, you don't love chai. I, I mean, I don't dislike chai, but it's right. like, I mean, I'd take my coconut Red Bull over yeah. at any time. You know? Sure. But so, so yeah, then we walk around and so we walk around as Josh has already mentioned, like we walk into this temple where they're actually doing like they they have uh, probably like maybe ten to fifteen different idols. Um, so what is like a worship service? Well, there's no, no there's typically no services. So it's so just come and go. Come and go as you please. Set problem. it up with the priest. Mm-hmm. There are pre-COVID. There were particular nights where like they're like like those who were devotees of Krishna maybe would have like a Thursday night or something mm-hmm. like that. Devotees of Ganesh. Devotees of Shiva. Mm-hmm. Devotees of you know not Mahavira, but Jainism, Mm -hmm. they'd have a particular night. But right now it's just come and go as you please. And they would set it up with the priest. So when we walked in, there's probably like four or five families all doing family worship services there. And the priest was essentially moving from family to family, providing different services, basically based off of like who and what they were worshiping, you know, or what, what, what offering, what puja they were offering. And yeah. Yeah. And so um, offering it on the on the altar that they had. Yeah, particular offering. So, you know, in most cases within Hinduism, the first offering is to Ganesh because Ganesh is um, the remover of obstacles. And Mm -hmm. so literally before you do anything in in most most um, most uh, I hate to say versions, but most manifestations of Hinduism pretty much every offering is first offered to Ganesh, the elephant God, because he's the remover of obstacles. And so like. That's if you're building a house. That's if you're starting a business. That's if you have a child. That's if you're at a marriage ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then even on down to before I go and offer to Krishna. So in, in our case, our friend Takur is a devotee of Krishna. He still makes an offering to Ganesh before he makes offering to Krishna because Ganesh is the remover of obstacles. So theoretically, if there's something that's going to inhibit Takur's puja, Ganesh will take care of it. Pretty interesting okay. article. 
yeah, by you right, yeah. yeah so i've done yeah i've done work on ganesh ganesh has a wild wild background maybe we'll talk about that before maybe we'll do burger king story and ganesh at the same time but um so, but i will i will i will say this so that night actually so we got back from the temple i don't, I don't think i've told either of you guys this story so we get back and, and josh i don't know if i don't know if you realize this but um ben have you seen indiana jones uh like, yeah yeah at least one of them okay right i think you're allowed on the pod if you so, <laughs> so in the second Indiana Jones, which Josh and I actually watched flying back from South Asia. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the whole story centers around India and this particular tribe village had their idol stolen in Indiana Jones. And it's a Shiva Lingam, mm-hmm. which um, Shiva Lingam is like a almost like an obelisk type figure. And it's like it it it. <sighs> Many people equate it with like, um, it's a like a male anatomical part. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. Enough yeah. information yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, and so in 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 devotees of of a Shiva might use a Shiva lingam in, as part of their worship, and so um, and the whole point of Indiana Jones, the second one, is like Indiana basically getting this thing this thing back. Well, Josh, when we walked into the temple. Um, one of the families was it was a devotee of Shiva because they were actually um, making an offering a puja to Shiva with a Shiva lingam and the priest was making offering over this lingam. So I, I get I get home and and Courtney's like just asking me how it went and uh, and she's just like so like she's like so when you went in like what who was making offerings to what you know and I was like uh, I was like well uh, I think the first one was a Shiva lingam and this just tells you kind of like how um just like sometimes i just don't realize that uh my mind is in a different place than other people's because like i just like yeah it's Shiva Lingam. yeah i remember what was going on. yeah <laughs> and so uh and and courtney's like what's a shiva lingam and i was like oh gosh okay uh, and, you know i was like you remember indiana jones and i explain it and this whole thing and uh she's like okay so she's like so what what would you offer a shiva lingam like what would you do and i was like i don't know you know it's like so typically like they're gonna you know, pour, like give fruit or something like that. But with the Shiva Lingam, they might pour something on it. And so I was just like very passively was just like, I don't know, pour milk on it. Like what else would you do with a, a Shiva Lingam? I mean, like she, she was just like, just looks at me and she's like, how does anybody know that other than you? And I was just like sitting there like, how do people not know this? You know, but like, so we walk in and that's what they were doing was they were pouring, pouring water and milk over the so you're on the Indiana Jones route. And I was like, I know something from that movie they could have poured on. Yeah. So <laughs> ripped the guy's heart out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so, you know, so we're in this temple and, and honestly, for those of you who've never found yourself in this type of position, and I'm sure that that's most it, it, Josh is alluded to it's, it doesn't feel good. No, you know, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good. And like, um, I was actually just, I, I was sharing with somebody and I was like, I've been in that situation like a lot now. I've been, I found myself in that type of situation and I want to reiterate, we always do because, you know, like we, we really are prayerful when we're in these situations, you know, and like we have a team of people who, who we, we really, um, utilize in, in interceding for us and, um, and put a lot of trust in, and we put a lot of trust in, and, and to a certain degree, they put a lot of trust in us that we're not like acting like idiots mm-hmm, in true. this place and just going in like Westboro Baptist or something yeah, and holding yeah, up yeah. signs and, you know, it's like. Um, we're trying to really put forth a, a great gospel witness for these people, but it's strange because when you're in these situations, like everybody knows you're not a Hindu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody knows that Josh and I were not Hindus, you know? And, um, and so, but it also just feels dark, 
you know, and like there's, you know, and, and I, and, and I tell people like, I've been in these situations quite a bit, but the incense that I know is being worse, being offered to false gods always kind of makes me a little sick. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, I mean, so Josh walking away from that experience. And like I said, you know, you've had a few of those types of experiences. Like what, what is the, what is your, what's your, your landing spots there when we walk away, we drive away from those types of situations. Um, in this case, we drove away other times we, you know, we're still in country. Um, but like what, what's running through your heart and mind when we're in these types of, uh, spots. I'm just thinking about Takor. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about him. Like the, it's, it's sad, frustrating, even like makes you angry Mm -hmm. when you see the offerings being made to these false idols. Like, you know, one thing, like you thinking about like, like Jesus and like, we're like, no, that he deserves that, that worship. But then you also think about like the people who are being, or that are being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. in those moments. But like, I think about like Takor, who is like a guy who, um, I don't have to get emotional. Like Takor, who was a green light, who was like, you know, listening to things that we were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not a green light, but you see what I'm saying. Yeah. And, um, and just really thinking about him and just being prayerful for Takor, that, you know, he would have an experience with Jesus. And it was one of those things where, like, Takor, he he said multiple times, like, the idea of, like, hey, if Jesus could do this or this or this, he's like, I would I would worship him tomorrow. Like, he was like, I would completely, I would turn to your religion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was saying things like, can he make me not grow old? Can he heal me? Can he do this? And I was just like, matter of fact, like, we believe that he could do some of those things, you know. Yeah. And uh, well, anything he wanted, but... It was just one of those things. Uh, I was just really just thinking about Takor, and mm-hmm. um, it was definitely weird. Kind of like I said, going from a uh, from Charlotte to a Hindu temple versus driving down a street in South Asia, going into a Hindu temple. It was just as weird leaving it in in like two seconds, driving by a Chevy dealership. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that was kind of a weird feeling because you still felt the like the heaviness mm-hmm. from being in that environment. You know the, yeah. the 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 dark spiritualness that was there, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know I, I guess that's the best way I can try to mm-hmm. bundle all those thoughts yeah. together. It it, it very much kind of leaves you kind of, um, I don't want to say like numb, but it's just like it's a lot of process. It's it definitely is. a lot to process because it's so much different than anything you interact with on a usual day to day. Yeah, I like to tell people like when you go, I mean. People ask me all the time, like, what's the difference between here in South Asia or even like, you know, people might say, like, what's the difference between like Christianity and Hinduism? And, and typically my answer is like something along the lines of like, well, think of everything, you know, and turn it on its head, mm-hmm. make it completely opposite. And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of their worldview when it in regards to Hinduism. Like there, there's very little common ground. Um, and then specifically to like traveling in the country. Um there's there's not a lot of reference either that you can like lean on you know i mean you find yourself um pretty much upside down culturally too and so the culture shock is wild um you know and 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 i know for for a lot of listeners like you know we've alluded to what you know we what we would typically call like spiritual warfare is like um i'll tell you too like ministering to and among any non-Christian, like it doesn't matter where you're at. Like, I mean, you know, our last episode was church of Scientology. Like we talked about spiritual warfare there. Um, you know, we have hopes and dreams of going all over the country and all over the world to do this kind of stuff. And it's like, I'm prepared to, to, 
to deal with spiritual warfare wherever we go. But there's something specific about idol worship, in my opinion, that yeah. kind of brings about a spiritual warfare that like we, you know, we have these, these false gods. And in a lot of times, like, I mean, really, truly, I believe like the, the demonic is being worshiped, you know, whereas like openly, openly. like Scientology, it was very much behind closed doors. Like even the people that have been there for 30 years don't know what's going on. Well, and, and even in that particular case, like it's like, what is being worshiped? Like they don't even identify necessarily a God as much as it's like you, like yourself right it's 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 similar to almost kind of a buddhism way of thinking when it comes to like the view of the self you know um but here we have like literally fruit being offered like pick your poison when it comes to all these idols like which one would you prefer to worship today but not today that's that's a mischaracterization of their right yeah but you understand but so but so i think that brings about a a deeper and darker spiritual warfare you know and like and um you know, like I, I'm pretty, pretty um, convicted to like, you know, we, we don't talk a ton about that with ATAP only because like, I think some people like fetishize spiritual warfare. Like they re- everybody always wants to hear the crazy spiritual warfare stories that we've seen in other countries and here. Yeah. And the reason why I don't typically like share those is not because like I'm afraid or give those things power, but it just seems like sometimes people enjoy those. Like in the same reason, like I don't like people watching demon movies. It's like, I don't like sharing a lot of those stories, but like we have seen a lot of spiritual warfare in ministering in and around Hinduism. It's yeah. I remember a time us, you, you mind if I share? Yeah. Okay. I remember a time us being on mission and, uh, waking up and you guys, I think would, would probably say I'm a pretty positive guy. You know, okay. I, I thought heard. you were going to say heavy sleeper no. and I was 100% no. going to agree. No, you are a heavy sleeper. You can we be- had to share a room. You almost froze me to death. Uh, Jeremy about took me out, but but no, that's a different thing. But no, no, you are very positive. <laughs> oh, yeah, positive. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like I I usually wake up every morning, and I mean it, mostly because like you know the mission I have, and and but and purpose and all those things, but my natural inclination. But went to sleep, business as usual. Woke up depressed, yeah. like dark, dark depression, yeah. and like. Just being like, I just don't want to be here. I've seen that with pretty much every single person I've traveled with, too, and myself. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and it was just like day one, here we go. Day two, here we go. Day three, here we go. Day four, I want to go jump out of this window. You know, it's just like this horrible mm-hmm. thing. And then having to move into like a very prayerful and worshipful time and, you know, being restored. Like yeah. being restored in that that dark spiritual warfare, being pushed away. But it wasn't surprising that it happened because when I looked out of my window, there would be a man worshiping nonstop on his mat outside to an idol. Yeah. You know? And then that was the shocker. That was the difference is I drove an hour and a half from my home and was met with the, the same. Belt. In the Bible Belt, yeah. no less. And was met with the same spiritual warfare. Yeah. Like, that was the thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... And I'll tell you, I mean, it's, it's different. It's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it. Every single Indian run gas station in your neighborhood likely has a small idol somewhere in that building. So for, for yeah. our listeners who think like, oh, these guys must live in a really metropolitan part of the country. It's like very much not. So like, I mean, we we literally like the sign when you drive into our town says small town friendly, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and like my friends here who run convenience stores, like they have idols in the convenience stores. So this is closer to you than you, than you think. Um, I can remember being in South Asia, my very, 
probably not my first time, but in right outside my hotel room, there was an idol. And like, I remember walking out and there's a guy lighting incense to it. And I remember just thinking like, it would be a mistake to think that his incense and his prayers are going nowhere. Yes. Yeah. And like, that was a realization for me of just like, here's, there's a very real world here that's being interwoven that that's being entertained tony there's multiple levels to it and i know you guys know this but like there's multiple levels there's the person being taken advantage of there's whatever it is that's receiving those offerings yeah uh, and then you know and, and what what is that opening you up to as well like just mm-hmm. being an opposition near yeah. it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and we don't i mean we don't walk in fear of that yeah but but we walk in like an understanding yeah of that. Ben, you know, like, I think you have a great perspective because you did grow up in the church. Um, I did not, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then also, like, we, you know, we've joked, but, you know, I, I do. I, I mean, I respect your opinion on, on pretty much everything. Like, being somebody who's standing in the gap here in a sense of, like, hearing stories from this type of ministry, hearing stories from overseas and even, like, like, you know, Josh just said an hour and a half to a temple, but then also thinking about the world that we've all grown up in of like evangelicalism where like spiritual mm-hmm. warfare doesn't get talked about very much mm-hmm. like, or it gets talked about too much or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What you like in a hyper charismatic yeah, yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and that kind of almost downplays the serious nature Yeah, devil behind every bush kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so like, how do you, how do you think, and I know you, you, you know, you might say I'm not an expert, but I'm not either. But like, I mean, how do you think then we should find that balance? Because somebody listening to Josh and I might say, oh, these guys are uh, these guys are weirdos. They're talking about all sorts of spiritual warfare and darkness and oppression. And I've, I've had so many people be like, oh, you just need to walk in victory. And I'm like, uh, you need to go <laughs> walk into a temple and see that that's not <laughs> the easiest thing. So I don't know. I mean, from your opinion of somebody who's grown up in it, but now also like has been a part of so many different things. And, you know, we just you know, we just were at the Church of Scientology, too. Mm-hmm. And. When you think about spiritual warfare, like, what do you, what are you thinking, and how are you approaching it? I guess I mean to a typical. I mean, I guess pop culture has a certain play on it because you think about all the exorcisms, uh, all the you know mm-hmm. movies about exorcisms and stuff yeah. like that, and you think like, well, is that it? But I think to a certain extent, I mean, I think it could be. I mean, signs of it could be. I mean, something like worship to dip to a false idol, signs yeah. of depression, yeah. things like that. I just want. I mean. I don't know. It seems like I mean, the, how do you evangelize someone in that? That's the that's the question that I would struggle with because I because like you hear that and like you hear about y'all walking the temple, and from the way that you put it, it just seems like even if you like, it just seems like almost it wouldn't do any good to try to evangelize. Like what what do you, when you're walking in there? What's your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I completely understand that. Like, yeah, because I, I'm actually fairly in, in, in the more bold and. Um, audacious listeners might hate what I'm about to say, but like I am not walking into that temple like a street preacher. Like I'm not walking in there handing out gospel tracks. But do you think like that you're wrong for that? Or do you think it'd be stupid for you to think that you, that that's I going think, to do any good? I Well, could it do good? Maybe, but I think it also could really bring about, and this is where somebody's going to be like, Jeremy is a hyper charismatic weirdo. I promise you I'm not, but like, I think that's going to be where you're really, walking outside of the humility that the Holy spirit brings about that. Like I am ultimately not the one who's going to convert anybody in that room. Mm -hmm. And I'm praying in that moment that my countenance, my demeanor, that my presence 
in that even something as simple as just like how my conversation with my friend goes there mm-hmm. might just be a be a hold for the Holy Spirit in that place because I I truly believe that 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 temple in this instance mm-hmm. has become essentially like when we when Paul says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we wrestle we wrestle against principalities and powers is like principalities implies like sort of an authority over a regional area. And like I, I to a certain degree believe that because there is a corporate agreement Mm -hmm. in this temple, that something other than Yahweh is God, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't make something other than Yahweh God, but I think it gives power to these forces of darkness that Paul's talking about, to these powers and principalities. And so I think for me to just go in there and be like, Jesus Christ is God, Jesus Christ is King, convert, convert, convert. Like, I think not, not only could it embolden those people, but I think it even could embolden that spiritual world to really war harder. Whereas a converse, a gentle and loving conversation on the outside of the temple with Takor and then just like humbly walking around with him asking questions can really plant a, a seed of the gospel that I'm praying that the Holy Spirit brings about. And how, and how deaf would we be to have this conversation with Takor, him continuously say, I would believe, I would believe, I be- would believe if your God would do something supernatural. We pray for the supernatural and we say it's up to us to convert him with our words. Like sure, yeah. how 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 yeah. hypocritical is that? Mm-hmm. Then to be a person of peace for him that when we pray do something in Takor's life that makes him question his belief mm-hmm. that he would then say, I know exactly who I'm calling. I'm yeah. Calling sure. Jeremy. Like, I'm yeah. Calling Lord Jeremy. willing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, so like, you know, your, your question, which is, I mean, really it's so important because I don't know. Like, I think a lot of the people who talk about evangelism mm-hmm. and say that, Hey, just walk in victory and just, just go in there and just speak the gospel. I think a lot of those people have never been in that type of position. You know what I mean? Like they're always on friendly territory. I guess that's kind of how I would say that is like when you're on friendly territory mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, and not that everybody that in our small town is, is a bud, a blood bought and bulletproof Christian by any means, but it's like, but when you're not in that, the, the midst of that idol worship, it's a lot easier to say, Hey, let's just sit down and just really talk about Mm-hmm. you know, you and everything. But when you're in that situation, it's like, I really feel like it's, it's even more important upon us that like, Hey, we really need to walk humbly here. We really need to, to, to let our prayer do the work. You know what I mean? As opposed to our evangelism. Now we certainly are evangelistic. Like we certainly are, um, you know, like looking for opportunities, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and you know, like when we were in there, I looked at, uh, you know, our friend Takor and, and I, I, you know, my, my head's shaved and, and I just kind of said, uh, I was like, Hey, do you think, uh, Hare Krishna's are typically their heads shaved, you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of joked with them just trying to lighten the mood. Cause it's freaking dark in there, you know? And mm-hmm. like, um, I go, Hey, do you think any of them think I'm a Hare Krishna? Cause my head's shaved and like Indians don't really have sarcasm. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they don't yeah, operate yeah. with sarcasm like Americans do. And he looked at me dead in the eye. He goes, Oh, they all know you're a Christian. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes, we can always tell who the Christians are. He's like, you walk in here and if you're white, you're American and you're here, you're a Christian. And it was just like, oh, so okay. when you were there, there were no white Hindus. We were the only. It was, it was hilarious. There, there yeah, can okay. be white Hindus, but mm-hmm. we were the only white people. Right. This was my favorite line is Takor says to Jeremy, he goes, he goes, oh, do you have a lot of Indian Christians? And then, and then Jeremy kind of looks at him. He goes, 
you got a lot of white Hindus? <laughs> and it was like one of those moments where like, Tagore was like, ah, you got, got, got me there. I thought I had him. <laughs> Before we left, I said, uh, you know, we were just talking. And, you know, he knows I'm working on a few projects that uh, that that's part of the reason why we went. And he just, he was like, he, you know, gave me a hug. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 I probably need to email him, just follow up and thank him for, for everything. But, uh, but he goes, he goes, basically he was like, Hey, I'll tell you what. He was like, if all the work you guys are doing really changes the world, like you say it can, I'll put an idol of you in there. (laughs) And I just kind of laughed and I was just like, if that happens, let's call it even. We'll just put an, we'll put Jesus in there, (laughs) you know? Um, and yeah, so you know all the talk of spiritual warfare and everything, and and just idol worship and all that. It's certainly jarring, mm-hmm. and it should be. It should be unsettling, and it should remind us of like what the Bible talks about, like with idols, because it's much more similar to the biblical world than, you know, the Western. Yeah, stand- I should right fast. But, uh, I, that's, have that's have the you point, ever? That's the yeah, yeah. So as far as I mean, talking about spiritual war- warfare and stuff like that, have you ever felt the same feeling that you felt in the Hindu temple at like a, I don't know at a church or something where you clearly thought they were in the wrong about certain issues or like seem to be too wrapped up in a different ideology that really has nothing to do with the main goal of Christianity. You trying to get me canceled? No, 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 no. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's curious. (laughs) No, I mean, I've, you don't have to get specific or anything. No, I mean, I went for Ben just to like name a church. Yeah. (laughs) Like how about this random Baptist church? I've, I've, I mean, there have been times where, um, okay. I'll use an example. You don't have to get too specific. No, with it. no. Okay. I mean, the three of us, we were we were talking before we were recording. I, I don't. We were recording quite a bit tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about pastors that mm-hmm. have gotten really caught up in certain ideologies. In certain ideologies mm-hmm. that have completely made it to where their preaching is no longer even about the Bible, right? And mm-hmm. it's more about politics, and it's more about political ideologies and mm-hmm. things like that. And that's not to say and certain sides on social issues. And that's and, stuff like and that's that. not to say. Heck, I've preached about politics, okay, but that's mm-hmm. but that's we all know what I'm talking about, and I've not gotten the same feeling at all because it's a very like every time I'm around idol worship, I get like a really guttural sick mm-hmm. feeling. I don't get that, but it's the same sense of just like something's wrong here, mm-hmm. something's wrong, you know. Now, when you're in a Hindu temple, it's like oh, something's very very wrong, right? Like we're not even if you have like a zero to ten meter, it's like it busted through the yeah, ten and it's just like right. redlining. But like I, yeah, I yeah. think what scares me though about the state of the American church right now is that we like to think that because they're worshiping idols, that somehow they are more wrong than exactly than. than a misguided nominal mm-hmm. Christianity. Now, I, Andy Bannister, the past guest of the the ATAP podcast, one of our favorite guests, I saw him post something on Instagram today where he said the he's you know he's an Islamic scholar and he, and he, he commented he said uh, and it's, I think it's an old quote he said the greatest threat threat to the world right now is not radical Islam it's nominal Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that that's kind of like a loaded statement you know but I I kind of agree with that is like yeah like I'm. I think we're all hard, hardwired to go visit churches of Scientology and Hindu temples. And we want to go to Salt Lake and we want to do all these crazy things. But also I'm just as concerned for the nominal Christian mm-hmm. who maybe is worshiping idols, but not lighting incense. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And just kind of like, and, and maybe I'm scared because I don't get a guttural sickness when I'm around it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you feel like you should, I think anytime mm-hmm. we see false worship, mm-hmm. we should, we should, pray that we would see it for what it is for what it is Mm -hmm. now it's harder though when it's a 
a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Uh, one thing that man and you know, we live in, we live around rednecks, you know, here and and uh, I grew up outside of Chicago. Like I'm not well versed in redneck, mm-hmm. you know. I'm learning. Um, I oper- I think part of the reason why, you know, we do a tap and and it's e- it's easier for me to talk to people who are open that they're not Christian. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for me to talk to people who say they're a Christian and aren't, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so, I, you know, it's, I'm kind of glad you even brought that up because like that same spiritual warfare that we're talking about, maybe, maybe it's different and it is, it certainly is different, but it's still spiritual warfare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's still a demonic, there's still an unseen realm that is warring that we can't see, taste, touch, or smell, but what we do here has an impact on it. You know, I mean, do, do you, you know, I mean, you, you weren't able to go with us on this trip. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen ever again. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, what do you think? I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's easy for us to just talk about mm-hmm. spiritual warfare. Like it's an over there problem. The state of Christianity is confused. I mean, of course it's been confusing since, uh, the great schism and yeah. then Protestant reformation, but even still, I mean, there's so, I mean, especially within Protestantism, there's so many, divisions now and mm-hmm. there's so many you know there's a church splitting over certain big issues or issues that they deem very important you yeah. know i mean i mean yeah united methodists you just, homosexuality you know, yeah, yeah, yeah you split stuff like that yeah and so it just makes you wonder you look from a, like a big overview perspective and you just makes you wonder like what's going on and where are we right and where are we wrong and it just you it's tricky if, you think if we're not careful we might look around in 50 60 years and go oh there's as much spiritual warfare yeah. going on here as there is at the temple that's down the, the street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that's maybe a, a takeaway here is like, and you know, for a lot of our listeners, like they probably clicked on this saying, "I just want to learn about Hinduism." Mm-hmm. Or I want to hear what those guys did at the temple. But I do think you know you're onto something. Is like when we talk about these types of things, like inevitably we are going to talk about spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and like the fact that like we do like we fast and we pray and 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 you know we you know when we pull up to these places, we stop and we pray and throughout it, we're praying. And it's like, are we seeking to be as discerning in our day to day life mm-hmm. as we are when we pull up at these places that are, you know, essentially foreign to us, you know? And I, and I, and I think, I think we could all confess that we're not, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unfortunately there is a, a very real shortage of that in the church right now, at least in the United States, you yeah. know? Um, well, and you know, it's funny, like, Ben, you asked about, like, have you felt that type of spiritual warfare other places, mm-hmm. right? I remember feeling a similar spiritual warfare to that in a place where, um, that near our church and like walking into that environment and being like, oh, this, this seems unsettlingly familiar, you know, mm-hmm. in a place where, you know, there had been a lot of loss and a lot of, uh, and, and a lot of false worship, um, to, to things even more pointed than idols, if, if you will, yeah. you know? And, uh, so, I mean, it, it's definitely not just in a place of, it, it's it, anywhere, like Jeremy said, where there is false worship taking place. Mm-hmm. There, there is that, uh, that spiritual warfare, but just that dark spiritual presence, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say this and then I want to tell this, uh, Burger King story. Well, let, me, um, let me say one thing. Yes. I, I think this is very interesting cause I know a lot of the listeners are kind of like, Hey, like you said, I really want to know what it was like yeah. at the temple. Um, 
just for like a picture in your mind, I found this really interesting when we were walking through. When you walked into the old temple, oh, that's what mm-hmm. I'll call it. The old, yeah, like yeah. I would even call it like a the sanctuary. One that they're using right now. If you will. It's almost yeah. like an old sanctuary, if you kinda. Yeah. Um and they have all the idols there. Typically it's called an inner sanctum. Inner sanctum. Yeah. And when you walked into the the older inner mm-hmm. sanctum, it was like a smaller room with like a small it looked like you just walked into like uh like a classroom mm-hmm. almost. It wasn't it wasn't really large. Mm-hmm. The one they're constructing reminds me of something out of like if you watch the animated Hercules uh back in the day by Disney, like this uh this grand uh uh like Honestly, like a temple. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's almost like outdoor placing for the idols. They all have their own, like, four-by-four four square that they yeah. would put them on. They're all spaced apart. Like, I mean, gosh, how far apart, Jeremy? I mean, it was it was quite I a mean, distance. Pretty, yeah, I mean. Like 12 yeah. feet apart or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, it was, like, much more of, like, an outdoor vibe to mm-hmm. it. Uh, and it was honestly just, just – very much different, but I don't know. I just feel like that'd be kind of something for like the listeners, just for them to think like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's what it looked like." I did yeah. not think that's what it looked like. I thought yeah. something else. But. Yeah, and I mean, it's a wild thing. You know what I mean? It's just like, as a Christian, the idea that different "quote unquote" gods would be worshipped in the same room mm-hmm. is pretty pretty wild. You know, it made me think of what I had in my mind as like a Greek theology. Yeah, like it's, you, like it's you had the a thing bunch most similar to that in the world right now. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know, just for like a frame of reference mm-hmm. for the listeners to know what the heck we're even referring to yeah. when we're talking about. We want, we want the listeners to engage, you know, on social media and an email um, with your questions about Hinduism, with your questions about temples. And, you know, by no means when we talk about these things, do we, do we are we endorsing you just say, hey, I'm going to go to a temple tomorrow. Don't do that. Okay. This needs to be thought out. This needs to be. Uh, prayed over and, and, you know, we, we desire people who are, uh, you know, who are compelled and called to do that. Um, but let us know your questions um, on Instagram at all things dot all people, or you can get in touch with me directly, Jeremy at all things, all people dot org. Um, you know, let us know your questions about Hinduism and, and things like this. And if you do feel compelled and called, let us know what we could do to uh, to help you out in, in getting ready for those types of experiences. Yeah. But uh, before we finish up, so so we are. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this story, the the Burger King. Yeah. So we so it's no secret when you're in most places in South Asia, you can't eat beef. Um, and that's due in large part, of course, because in Hinduism, cows are considered sacred. And in some people, they basically consider them like the highest earthly creatures um, on the cycle of rebirth. You know, such a weird animal to pick. It is. Yeah, it has to do with like their their myth. Like it has to do with like right, the right, creation right, right. myth in that particular sect of Hinduism. And so. Um, so, yeah, so the, there's wild things, man, like these Brahmins are out there like making soaps and things like that out of cow pee and you know it's wild dude so so but like most hindus most hindus we lost we lost ben at that so uh so most hindus don't eat beef and so um uh and therefore like it's difficult to find it in the country so we're flying out of south asia we land in a fairly large airport um in one of the bigger metropolitan areas in south asia and um that should have had and so we get in the airport and we're all scattering to to catch dinner and uh we have a little while before our flight and uh i look up and there's a sign for a burger king and i I tell josh to be like hey let's go hit burger king and like josh uh 
about as quick as I've ever seen him, uh, starts booking it down this this corridor to this Burger King. You wanted that waffer. You wanted that waffer, didn't you? I yeah. needed it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, so like it was almost like like something. I, I don't want to say it was the Holy Spirit, but I just had a premonition that this guy. <laughs> Thought it yeah, would don't be. put that on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he had nothing to do with that. And so, like, I catch up to him. We get in line. I'm right behind him, and he's like looking up at the menu like a kid on Christmas. And uh, mind you, we'd only been in South Asia for a week. We'd been without beef for a week. And uh, the worst thing was is they had gave us beef at one point, and I wish they hadn't gave us beef. It, it was, wasn't what we considered beef, yeah. But uh, oh, really? It, it was cow. <laughs> it was in fact from a cow allegedly allegedly so uh but so i lean over and like kind of whisper to josh i go hey you know it's not beef right and he just loses it man like loses it and he's just like well what the heck is it i was like it's gonna be either a veggie burger don't act like i was having a tirade chicken or mutton you know and what the the you weren't enough though to where the other people in line are like looking at you trying to figure out what the heck's going on and so, thank you. So, uh, <laughs> so we get up there. He orders chicken fries, and uh, uh, and I don't even remember what else. And uh, a coke, just, I mean, told me just, not to get a just, coke. I mean, out of disgust, takes three bites and just will not even eat it. I think I finished the rest of his food. Ends up getting sick on the plane because he drank way too much soda in grief <laughs> and anguish. Um, and that was the that was the end of our. You're making me sound like a brat. I just had my <laughs> hopes really high. That one would that one for would a hurt. thick old walk through with cheese, yeah. and it was, and and the devil was in that airport. Like it was <laughs> the worst. Well, a different kind of spiritual warfare, if you will. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, he made it. So, um, but yeah, once again, uh, let us know. Let us know how we can serve you. Let us know how we can help you continue to feel better equipped. Uh, to be in situations like this, and especially as we come closer to the finish line of a post-COVID-19 world where maybe we might find ourselves in parts of the world like South Asia once again, um, who is currently still struggling greatly with COVID-19. Yeah, we'd love to be a part of helping to do anything we can to teach and train your team as they get ready to go into these parts of the world, or even just down the street to a Hindu temple or a convenience store where you know that somebody there Uh, might be worshiping somebody other than Jesus. And so um, until we hear from you and until the next time I get to sit with these guys and do the next base camp, whatever it might be, gentlemen, once again, thank you for being willing to be friends with someone weird like me. (laughs) I love it. See you guys. Yeah, see you.